she's gonna be so happy we have a classic episode again oh man she's been yeah at least has been asking for it forever me too and dude you look like a totally different person since the last episode what oh you're half you're half the size of what you (laughs) that's funny man a long time ago welcome to over 50 starting over i'm barry edwards and i'm merle garrison are you sure are you sure I'm, Uh, i'm positive today dude you're uh I, we haven't even talked much since the last episode. We've just both been very busy, a whole lot know, going on. Crazy and, times. Uh, yeah, man, lots going on in your life. So it's really good to catch up. It's This is going to be pretty unscripted, but there's so much that we got to go over, even off the top of my head, that uh, it's... Uh, we got an hour and a half, I think, uh, according to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well you got okay. a lot of cool things going on, too. I see you've had some pretty interesting guests on your show. I. I oh, caught yeah. uh, Dr. Livingston. Oh, dude, that was such a good one. And I want to bring that up, too. Um, I want to share the screen, show people how to get to it. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, don't, don't you hate when that happens? Really Things disappear when happens. whenever you need them. Yeah. Especially when you're doing a podcast. Especially when doing a podcast. Then I found it, I think. Um but anyways, Dr. Livingston was absolutely phenomenal. And that was just last week, episode 224. And it was about binge eating. And uh, but I, from my point of view, I had you in mind on that because of the dieting that you've been doing. That I want to talk about. But from my point of view, as I was listening to his podcast and going through his material, it really struck me about my how do I say this? My bad thinking, the, the, hmm. that bad voice in my head, right? Right. Stay in bed too long. It starts talking to me or have a big meeting and it gives me all the self doubt and all that. It's the same hmm. voice that he's talking about. And dude, for the first time ever, he, he said something I, I've always heard from all the other psychologists is like, make friends with that voice, love it, hug it. Uh, so that you incorporate it into your personality and, and it soothes you. It's like the, it's like the part of your personality. You're having a big old party with happy Barry and gregarious Barry and all these other emotions that you like and let you, yet you keep uh, angry Barry shut out. out mm-hmm. And he's banging on the door harder and harder wanting into the party. And so what they're saying is if you, if you, if you hide from that, it gets bigger and bigger. Hmm. And he's saying the opposite. And it's the hmm. first time I've ever heard this. He says, you know, and we talk about it at the end of the podcast. At the very end, I, I tell him what I just told you. And he goes, oh, he goes, would you like me to give you the self-talk? Would you like me to give you the how to handle angry self-talk in 90 seconds? I'm like, please, dude, this was world changing for me. He said, it's, it's kind of the same thing. And I think of it as the pig. Like he, it's funny. He thinks of that binge eating voice as the pig. He personifies it in that way. And he says, so I'm going to speak to that for a moment to put it in perspective. He says, all right, pig, I'm not going to listen to you now because I know that you just want me to overindulge to mask other things. How about you just go in your cage for a while? Because I don't listen to pigs. I'm a rational human being. Hmm. And he has the same approach about uh, uh, bad self-talk. And he, he just said, 
rationalize. He goes, it, he goes, first of all, you're saying to invite, you've gotten the advice, invite that angry voice into the party. He goes, that's sociopathic. Hmm. I like that. He said that I always hmm. kind of thought it was too. And he, and he verified that he goes, you're talking about a voice when you're in a good frame of mind, a rational frame of mind, you know, better you think and have, work through that all of the opposite of what that angry self-talk is, is saying to you, all of the opposite is actually true. You really want to invite the sociopath into that party? No, mm -hmm. you tell it to stay at bay. And he goes, and also you listen to that too much and it, it, it leads to overindulgence to mask all of that hurtful feeling. And dude, I had, as you know, you kind of know, I had a huge interview yesterday and it turned out to be four hours long. Four hour interview. That sounds yeah. exhausting. He told me it was going to be one to two hours. It was four hours. Wow. It, it was a little exhausting, but Dr. Livingston, Dr. Livingston, I presume. Oh, uh, uh, you couldn't Glenn, help yourself. You? I know. I know. Glenn <laughs> helped me so much with that. I was, you know, Lisa and I talked the whole week leading up to it. She's like, how are you feeling about it? And I'm like, super excited. And uh, I said, I, I think probably driving there, I'll get that anxiety kind of thing. And maybe fearfulness and that imposter syndrome creep, creeping in and all that. I'll tell you what, Glenn Livingston's advice helped me immensely about keeping that angry pig at bay and keeping mm. it in its cage. And knowing the real me and showing up as the real authentic me. And I was the entire time, the whole drive there, the whole time through the interview, I stayed in a hundred percent authentic place and I had a great time. Wow, had, a, that is a great, uh, that's great how you applied that. I, yeah. I have, uh, I was just talking to Anne-Marie about this thing that happens. I think it's human nature. Mm -hmm. When you have something that you really want, that you're excited about, mm -hmm. uh, that voice, the same voice, everybody's got it. It's your conscience uh, that can, your conscience can can help you with good things and bad things. A yeah. lot of times it works to tear you down. Yeah. And, and when you want something really badly, like a position that you're talking about mm -hmm. right here, your brain goes into this mode where it talks about all the reasons why you should not have that position, all the hard things you have to go through. In your mind, you make it so much harder to get to your goal. You imagine all these obstacles. You imagine all the competition and how they're way better than you. They're way better prepared than you. Why even try? You know, uh, I'm glad you're saying that. So let's give some validity and uh, it's, perspective. It's, it's, it. I think it's human nature. We we do this to ourselves. We, we disqualify ourselves is what we're doing why and and but but somebody on the outside like me can take a look at that situation that you're in and i can see it a lot more clearly i can i can see yeah. Yeah. that wait a second barry you're the best guy for this job what look at the experience that you have yeah. look at the scenarios you've already maneuvered through it's sort of like hey if you're gonna go down the river and you know there's a bunch of rapids on the river wouldn't you rather trust somebody that's navigated those rapids successfully a bunch yeah. of times? Yeah. This is what you bring to the table that we disqualify. We discount that our brains figure out a reason to make that a negative. And um, we all do this to ourselves. I love that's that horrible. there's a way to 
hey, get that sociopath out of there. And that yeah. is sociopathic. Uh, is. It's got it's, it's got no feelings, man. It just wants to destroy and it doesn't care. Isn't and, it the uh, truth? And I found the- I want to share the link and I don't want to interrupt you. I just yeah, want to no, tell no, you. that that's that's uh, that's some good stuff right there. Barry, I, 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 I wanted to all, tell you guys we all that- experience this. And we do. And it's all you know, most of us have heard of imposter syndrome. And that's a lot. Absolutely. Along the same lines. So if you go to over 50 starting this is the homepage. Scroll right down here. Here's the last show. Now, by the time this show comes out, this show will be in its place. But I wanted to say, if you go right under here and go to all 050 podcasts, then you will come to all 050 podcast. I really just want to back this up and say, you guys really should listen to this 224 episode with Dr. Glenn Livingston because it was that valuable. I'm going to say again, for me, it was kind of life-changing and it really came at just the right time, like divine intervention. And so I had this amazing meeting and it was with a company that like people are I'm getting this from all my friends. You've been on your own since you're 27. Why the heck do you want to go work for somebody? And here's exactly why. Because I was, when I went on my own, I was a graphic designer. There was not an online yet. But right on the heels of it wasn't online. I started doing website design. And Web Web 2.0 came out in about 2004 or 5. And that became online marketing. That means web design, content development, social media crap, email stuff. It's exhausting. It's 100% exhausting and put business development and client relations on top of that. I pursued this job because I would be a client strategist and I would have a team of like 50 people that specialize in all those other things, implementing the strategy. And to me at this phase of my life, that's exactly what I want to do. That sounds like heaven to me. You're sort of the offensive coordinator of the yeah. uh, of the business and yeah. uh, the, the yeah. Lindy and Fonte instead of being the entire team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. I like I like what you're saying right there. And what an experience that would be it, for sure. And it was such a great experience. I know going into it is like I told Lisa, she's like, OK, don't get cocky here. And I'm like, I'm not cocky. I'm 100 percent cognizant of what's going on. As a marketing person, I could say going into that meeting, I had probably a 33% chance of landing that. Mm -hmm. But after having the meeting and knowing Mm -hmm. how it went, I I would say it's 50-50 because I can't control what they think and feel. No, no. no. But I just had such a good feeling about in the culture. The culture was amazing. I want to talk about that for a minute. Then I want to talk to coming down here. I want to talk. It's been so long since we last visited Merle. You actually had your own podcast with Tim Winders uh, since the last time. Yeah. Winders. I'm sorry. I want to talk about that in a minute because that was a fantastic podcast. I listened to three times. Oh, cool. I loved it it. too. Tim's a great guy too. He made the, he made the podcast very easy. Dude. We got a new friend, yet another new friend of the show, in my opinion. He was really, a, really, I hope that you revisit him again. Oh, for sure. For sure. I wanted to mention about the, the culture there. It was amazing. When I first did my initial interview on a Zoom call with this company, I don't want to disclose who it is yet, uh, but they gave me a six or seven page vision statement, seven pages of how everything is about the client experience. They don't even do contracts with the client at all, because they got to earn every bit uh, of ROI, return on investment with them. You got to show 
return on investment in every given way, value added everything. And it was six pages of that. And they talked about the three different stages of the company, the from the production people to all the way to the client strategists and how they interact and how it's all about the client. And that is how I've operated my business this entire time. It's all about return on investment. And so that's, we had these conversations with, I had four different interviews in that in that four hour span yesterday. Wow. Yeah. And it was, and we just talked back and forth about that the whole time. It was amazing. And at like halftime, this is the best part in a way. At halftime, they had their weekly huddle. And it's like 40 people in this giant room with someone via remote. And they just like gave each other, hey, anybody got a shout out? And they gave uh, certain certain people gave other people kudos for helping them out in a pinch. And it was, and it's a very young company. I'm going to guess that the average age there is like 28. Hmm. So I felt a mm-hmm. little, quite a bit older there. But my point to that is, is I know what I was like at 28 or 30 uh, in my 30s and stuff. And I was so hampered by my ego and insecurities. And I felt none of that in that room. Everybody seemed very authentic and 100% present and not hampered by any ego or insecurities. It was fascinating. And I, made... I have a question on Go that ahead. front because yeah. you, when you started out after college, you were working for mm-hmm. a firm mm-hmm. and um, I, I, now I always got the impression that it was a young group that you were with after Mm-mm. you got out I of was college. The, no, 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 you it were was, the young I was person. The young I was just looking for a compare and contrast mm-hmm. to what you, you were doing before and what that mm-hmm. culture was like compared to this culture. Totally different. That's a really good question. Now I was brought in because I was the young, uh, energetic, very creative. I had a great portfolio guy in coming into a company that was primarily production oriented. And this was pre-computer by like a year or two. And so I came in super hungry into a place where they're just getting through a day. Everybody there is just grinding really? away, getting through uh, a work day. Grinding. I come, yeah, I yeah. come in with all this energy. They're all about their breaks right. and, and lunch. And, right. Oh right. yeah. We legally get our breaks. And I never legally because oh, they that, go in there and the, smoke. I wasn't going to go in there and sit it, there. It, 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 and they, they were smoking in the office. And so there was a, a isn't that break funny room. how things have okay. changed? I mean, changed. no one, no one smokes anymore. I know, I know, and it wasn't that long ago that in bars everybody smoked. Yeah, oh, it wasn't that, that long? Ago. That was horrible. It was. You horrible. go in there, you can't even see the guy across. Oh, that. You, hey, you stink <laughs> when, yeah, yeah, stink all your when clothes. you get home. Yeah. yeah, and it never comes out of your clothes or your hair. Yeah. Well, you, ha- you are stuck on the funniest that. little jittery thing it's oh no not that it's not funny oh it is funny oh guys if you're listening to the show you gotta go to youtube and see this it's remember max headroom it's totally max headroom this is you've got weird thing i hate it (laughs) do you see it do you see it yeah yeah oh okay that was really funny i hate it um it's it's something that only happens on zoom uh oh really really yeah um I go on all these others and, uh, and it, it could happen again. I hope it doesn't, but if it I does, thought that was hilarious. All I got to do is unplug the camera and then plug it back in again. But hey, I, dude, I, don't, I don't understand that. No, that was fine. Um, tell us about the Tim Winders uh, podcast. I thought it was tremendous. 
Well, gosh, it was uh, it was uh, a while back, but yeah. uh, December we, 9th. I thought I had the book right over here, but uh, he he wrote a book called Coach. Yeah. Um, it is uh, a now I'm trying to remember the subtext on that. It was uh, uh, I'm going to let me help you. Another way to to go ahead. I, I I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to go right here and uh, oops, uh, I want to click down here on the text itself so it opens up the post window success redefined that's it uh yes. because the, so i read this book and it was my my stepfather that gave it to me larry and uh he he actually knows tim and tim and i have communicated in the past and tim's got his own podcast and and so um i he, he said tim wanted me to have this book so i read it and it really spoke to my heart i have an affinity for coaches mm -hmm. um and I, I think lots of especially men i know a lot of women too but i think especially men i think men need coaches more than more than anything else we we need coaches we need That's people uh tough leaders that are no nonsense that can that that can see the best in you when you can't see the best in you and they can mm -hmm. pull the best out of you and uh so i so right away the title of the book caught my attention and as i started reading it it just really captured me right away uh, the bottom line of the book was that this person who was successful by every worldly uh, term, he was rich, he was a successful businessman, yeah. a CEO, uh, a beautiful wife, he had everything. Uh, but the beginning of the book starts where he's contemplating suicide. His business is actually about to go down. He's a solar panel owner. Several people have been killed in fires because of malfunctions in his product. And they're coming after him, and he's probably going to go to prison. And um, so he looks and smells good, but inside, it's dead men's bones. And uh, and he learns about this mentor who has changed his coach's life that he that he met and this mentor becomes a coach to him it was a coach that he had when he was a kid that passed away anyway this mentor wants to teach him how to have a successful a real successful life uh redefined and this man he's at the end of his rope he's ready to try whatever if it worked for this other guy and so the first thing he teaches him about is love well, the guy is like, what are you talking about? Love? That's what I know what love is. I, I, how insulting is that? But he didn't know what love is. He knew what the world's definition of love was. Yeah. And that definition is love of thyself. And, yeah. uh, and let me get all the toys I can. And it was obviously unfulfilling. What he learned about was the godly kind of love, which is an agape love, a love of self-sacrifice. It's not, it's otherworldly. And when you learn that God loves you with that self-sacrificing love, that's when you can have faith in that God. Because if you think God is out to get you, how could you have faith in that God, yeah. right? Like if he's going to strike you down because of all the things you've done in your life, which we've all done, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, how can you, how can you have faith? And 
That's a really you, important point. There. It's it's huge. It's a huge oh. point that this man didn't understand. And when he understood those concepts, things started to change in his life. Life started to be instead of swimming up river, the life started to be you're flowing with the river. Mm -hmm. You're using the momentum of the river to create success oh. in your life. Now, when you have these two things, love and faith, now you can have the ultimate thing that really everyone's looking for even if they don't know they're looking for, which is peace mm -hmm. or peace of mind. Yes. And um, because, because you understand that God loves you and you have faith in this all powerful God, and you know that this God is for you and wants you to have blessings, then with every situation that comes, no matter how hard it is, you understand that you're in God's perfect will and that he's going to move heaven and earth and use you to be a blessing um, as you're being blessed. And that's really how the, the book ends. And it really touched me. And I had a chance to talk to Tim about that. And that's what the show is about. It's really about this whole concept of the three things, love, faith, and peace. And, you know, uh, at the end of the book, this man becomes a man of love, faith, and peace. And that's how I, when I reached out to Tim, I said, Tim, I just want to thank you. You've turned me into a man of love, faith, and peace. Oh, dude. And, uh, that's that's really how what the show was about. You know, that's really that's really wonderful that you could summarize that as you did in the impact as I just talked about my last show and the impact it had on me. So I, I just want to encourage you guys again to go out and uh, check that show out. That's 050218 and go to over 50 starting over.com. And uh, then you can find uh, all those episodes where I showed you a few minutes ago. And I also want to say about that episode that yes, it's a very Christian episode and, but it's, it's beautiful. And I got a ton out of it. I want you to keep an open mind. And I'm a rather agnostic person religiously, but here's what I know. I know everything is made up of energy and that we are not the same person that we were seven years ago, meaning our atoms and molecules bounce off of us. And we are somehow simply every object, every person is somehow bound to something that looks like a physical presence somehow or another. My point to that is we are all interconnected. We're an energy that is for some reason stuck in this physical realm right now. So maybe keep your mind open to that there's something more to this life than what we just physically see, feel, and hear. And the more that I accept that, the more interconnected and happy that I feel. And I also know that this thing that you call agape love is a vibration. It's the highest vibration. Everything vibrates at a frequency and the higher vibration that you that you can vibrate at, the better things go. The more in love that you could stay, the better things go. And if that just means but that just really literally translates to as life happens to you on a daily basis, that you see more of the positives rather than the negatives and therefore more positives on, on lock. Well, then go with that. But I think there's a little more to it than just that. I think that living in a state of gratitude and love opens up endless doors. And I think um, that, that, that what you're saying I mean, you're saying what I believe in a very different way, but the, it's the, the, same but the, it's, it's 
it's, you know, I can't disagree with what you're saying. This interconnection that we have, this, mm-hmm. this, uh, and, and the way that you describe it as vibration at the highest level, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. And you can right. see as we've gone through these last couple of years that isolation has really damaged our society in many, many devastating ways. But when we are connected, mm-hmm. especially when it, we're connected through this love that every human has is built to have the capacity for um this um this thing uh this thing is 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 happening it's almost invisible that that's happening that unites us and we're mm-hmm. we're we're um we're stronger together than we are when we're focused on this uh mm-hmm. this amazing thing and uh you know the thing about it is it, you you and I have mentioned this so many times on this podcast that but it's so true that uh, you know, life is hard. We have hard things to deal with, but if we yeah. can take our focus off of ourselves yes. and put it on our neighbor, our friends, yes. our loved ones, even strangers, um, it causes the end result is a happiness and a fulfillment mm-hmm. that surpasses understanding. Yeah. And uh, it it and it, it's funny how how connected everything is, and that when you put that good into somebody else, how it comes back to you multiplied. Mm-hmm. It is it's like the law of gravity, really. And it it'll it'll seem like it's completely unconnected. But focusing on other people is the best way to help yourself. Without question, man. There's so much I could say to that. First, I want to back up and uh, reinforce what you said about isolation. What is the worst thing you can do to a person for punishment? Oh, I tell Anne-Marie this all the time is the silent Solid, treatment is solitary. the worst. There's that. But I mean, literally, solitary <laughs> like, confinement. Yes, yes. It's it's cu- drive cruel and inhumane. Yes. It is. Absolutely. So that's uh, uh, to stress how much uh, the solid, solid. But that's that's it. It's isolation. That's what I mean isolation. by the silent treatment. Yeah. It's like you, you're isolated. You're now yeah. alone with your horrifying self. Yeah. And then <laughs> another that, thing. It's with that pig voice is really you're you're yeah. doomed to be with the pig voice. There you go, sociopathic. Yeah. Absolutely. And um in the interview yesterday, I've had so many years of practice now. I used to be so in my own head, always in my own head with that stupid pig voice and uh, <laughs> trying to think in a conversation with somebody. And all I'm thinking about is what impressive thing I'm going to say next rather than truly listening. But many years ago, decades ago, actually, at this point, I, I heard the expression, uh, no one will remember what you say or do. They'll only remember how you made them feel. And that changed my life, really, because that 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 just spoke to me. It's like, oh, pay attention to the other person. Don't stay in your head. And so the interview for our interview I had yesterday was only paying attention to them. I wasn't thinking about me very much. I mean, I was certainly trying to 100 percent anticipate answers to questions, but I was thinking about how they felt and what they were they were feeling. And here's another interesting thing. I had four different sets of interviews there. Every single one of them said to me, with your experience, like apparently I'm so, I'm like kind of overqualified, the experience that I have doing everything that that they do internally. I, I do all the copy creation and design and uh, web des- development, all of that. I do all of it. Now I want to just be the implementer, the client strategist, right? Every one of them said, 
So if you come into a meeting and talk about the client's goals and you have all the preconceived ideas of what we're going to do, and yet your team, a team member suggests something different, how are you going to handle that? They're all very concerned that I would be defensive. My ego would be in the way. Huh. And yeah. And I answered every one of them kind of the same way. I was like, I don't have that kind of ego today. And I care about how people feel. I'm not going to create a dust up in there. I would say I didn't say this, but unless a client relationship was on the line and I knew better, I would, you got to pick your battles, you know? And, and I know that the harmony with the team would be number one, staying in a state of love rather than ego, thinking outwardly rather than inwardly mm -hmm. is my point mm -hmm. to that. And we can all learn that a big lesson out of that. And it's going to make your days go by a lot easier and with a lot more love. In, you well, know. you know, and you, you talk about how you came in and you listened and mm -hmm. you know, that is a, that's a big separator from competition because people oh. come into these interviews and they feel compelled to talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Um, and the art of listening is so, uh, I mean, no, nobody, nobody does it anymore. People don't listen. So right. when you, when people that, that rare person comes in and they're actively listening to you, mm -hmm. um, and, and responding to you, it's refreshing. Well, let's you, explain what you, that is to stand out. First of all, you have to listen to what they have to say. And then, I mean, listen so hard that you're looking to ask a question. You're just waiting for the opportunity to ask them a question so that they dig deeper. Instead of thinking about what you're going to say, dig deeper. Always well, and, dig deeper. And, and, and remember, this, this has really stuck with me, Barry, and I'm trying to remember the author's name. <clears throat> but you and I talked about this. It had a big impact on my business. Um, where the guy had really honed in on a practice of <clears throat> of of listening, <clears throat> and and uh, we, so you're listening to the person, and then based on what they say, you say it feels like what you're saying is X Y Z, or uh, because Who when you that? when you when you say it that way, <clears throat> it number one proves that. You were listening to what right. they're saying, right. and that ends up being such a carrot for that person to continue on, or or it, it inspires other ideas. It keeps the flow of 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 uh, conversation sure. going on. And one other thing that this author taught was he does uh, workshops. Yeah, it, it, you it did is, a podcast. That largely you we were did. focusing on that a couple of years ago. Well, the other one is after you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to Tahiti this week. And then you just say Tahiti. And that causes me to right. continue on. And and so um, we've done this in in sales meetings because we, we took that book in our sales meetings and mm, we right. and I, I was responsible for training this whole method to my sales team. Yeah. And um, and so they didn't know what I was doing. Uh, except for my my boss in this particular meeting, there were like eight people, and I picked the new guy that I didn't know, and um, and I said, and I just started talking to him with that same method. I said, "Hey, how you doing today?" And he mm -hmm. said something, and I was just, "That sounds like you're feeling pretty good today." Oh yeah, you know, I had this happen and that happened. It's the best. Oh, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. Well, we went on for like fifteen minutes, and we didn't even know each other, yeah. and then we then we took it apart and said, okay, well, here's all I was doing. And the guy never noticed that I was doing that. Mm -hmm. It was just natural, but he came away with the feeling that, 
what a conversationalist Morales. Yes. But yes. I didn't say anything. I just listened. It's, it's so important, man. And it's a lost art. As it is. Discussed. It really is. Uh, it's huge. Wait, I wanted to bring something else Go up ahead. here because yeah. uh, speaking of past shows, another one in between the last time you and I spoke uh, was the one that you did with the um, psychiatrist who is a grief therapist. Oh, and well, you, OK. OK, yes, there's and, actually uh, two of them. Well, it was it was the first one. And here's the thing. Yes. too: She was she was a widow. And mm-hmm. her uh, her husband's name was Ted, and she right. kept referring back to her experience with Ted. She's in her fifties, and and Ted, who she was so in love with, died. And through these relationships, she's been able to help all these other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, a couple of things. One was you did that show because of the grief that I was in. for you. It was 100% yes. for you. And first off, I just want to thank you for doing that. Uh, that so was, welcome. that was such a, uh, that was such an expression of agape love. What we were just talking yeah. about. It moved me tremendously that you, that you oh, did buddy. that for me, Barry. You I were got... really uh, in a lot of pain. Thank well, you. And, and but... just very quickly, my cousin that I was very close to Sharon passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and it really, uh, it took the pegs right out from under me and it happened a couple days before Christmas. And I was devastated. I couldn't, I couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and, uh, we were going to do a podcast the next week, yeah. but I, I could not do that. Yeah. And then you found this beautiful guest. It, and it, it, it was Sher- so Sherry or Heather, Dr. Dr. Heather, Heather Brown. Yeah. And it was so like organically put out in front of me. I would, I think I was I, working with my friend, Jim Paluch, who's the author. I had him on twice and uh, I was trying to get him on a couple podcasts and I ran across her profile on, on a Facebook site and I just contacted her and boom, it was immediate. It was, wow. yeah, I think it was. That's really day. cool. That's really cool. Barry. There's divine well, intervention. Well, and she had such good stuff to talk yeah. about in there. And it turns out she was a Christian also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was able to add not only her professional background to this whole thing, but also from a Christian point of view as well. And here was the kicker is that one of the first people that I was very close to that passed away was my dad. Um, my, my mom uh, became a widow in her 50, early 50s, and my dad's name was Ted. So yeah. when she she kept talking about when Ted died, this yeah. and that and the other, and it was so much like, it was almost like uh, there was something so much, uh, I don't know. Uh, it was, oh, it's it, just yeah, coincidence. It spoke to my heart. So yeah, just a coincidence, <laughs> just a coincidence. But it speaks to what we were talking about, about this connectiveness that we have. And when we're using uh this agape form of love how coincidences seem to happen just like i was saying like somehow this is going to pay you back it seems like a coincidence but but this is how this is how some would say the universe works i would say this is how our god works right Uh, this is this is he's a good god yeah and he and he loves you and uh you the more I can dwell into that, the happier, the peace, the peace just, uh, and and so 
what you did there really helped my soul, Barry. Oh. And it, I, I sent that over to my cousin, Kathy. It was yeah. Kathy's sister, Sharon, that passed away. And that helped her as well. Dealing uh, with was, grief, man. We don't know how to do it here. We well, don't. And here's, here's another thing, another nugget of what we were talking about is that, you know, we, it's what you said. People don't remember what they, what you say or do, but they only remember how you make them feel. So that's it. People that go to a funeral are a lot of times very nervous about, oh my gosh, what am I going to say to this person? Mm -hmm. And what I want to tell you very clearly is that it doesn't matter what you say. It really what people remember is that you, you were show there. Up. You showed That's up. That's it. That you were there. And she they... said, she said, and, and it's a terrific podcast. I really encourage you guys to listen to that. You'll get a lot out of it. She said that uh, when her husband died and she and her kids were basically incapacitated, one of her friends, this chokes me up just saying it, one of her friends once a week on a Wednesday would drive four hours to come to her place, see if they have food, get her food, do grocery shopping, do their laundry. And, all. and she was like, we didn't care if we had food or clean clothes or anything, but this friend showed up. Another friend just came over and mowed the lawn. Didn't ask. Yeah, these are, these things are so, so important, important. and, yeah. and bring, bring food. That's yeah. a, that's a huge thing is that, yeah. you know, cause we're in this grief, which, you know, le the depression and you just don't eat and, yeah. and, and people that are in grief, they're, they're, they don't feel it, but they're burning up a lot of energy. Yeah. And, and, um, usually when I'm in grief, uh, you're doing the max headroom <laughs> again. It's great. I love that. Uh, I'm glad I have that other that other picture now that just comes up. It's like oh, I got the hey, makeup man, on and everything. I don't want to interrupt you. If you got more to say on that grief subject, please do. But I wanted to talk about that weight loss. You looked so different from the last podcast. Ah, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. It's been uh, and what I want to know. The reason I wanted to get uh, Glenn Livingston on to talk about the binge eating is because you had one of the reasons is because a conversation that we had super important is you're like, yeah, man, this has been going gangbusters. It's all full of positive energy and I'm just loving everything. And I feel so young and, and full of energy, but I'm worried about when I hit my goal, what do I do then? Yeah. Can you speak to that? Well, yeah, I mean, because I, I've gone down this road of weight loss before and, uh, you know, I, I it's exciting when down, you're losing weight. Down, yeah, down. it's exciting. Losing weight is like, you know, oh, my gosh, I lost five pounds or I lost yeah. three pounds or whatever. And you feel really good. It's like you have a dopamine reward from that. Right. There you go. Right. But but when you get to your weight, you know, what do you say? Like the next week, I'm at my same weight. There's no, there's no <laughs> yeah. real, oh, it's demoralizing. No real, like, you know, from a social no more dilemma, dopamine, no hit. dopamine hit. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, woohoo, I'm at my same weight. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? It is. Um, I, I'm I'm learning that that is a tremendous thing to be able to maintain your weight. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm learning how to celebrate that. That's that's number one. Can you give um, us a pointer or two? Well, well, here's uh, let me give you a couple of things. I think one this is, is important. That I, I so I've lost uh, 70 pounds. Uh, Jesus. I 
you know, since uh, August. So very, very quickly, I was able to drop this weight on Octavia with uh, with my my uh, coach. And as I said before, the coach, the coaching, my brother is my coach and he's got a coach, Diane, and they both have been helping me. And they and they they're so encouraging. Uh, that's really a big secret. The accountability and the encouragement has been the the big secret for me. I being accountable, I, I don't want to fail. I, I don't want to mm -hmm. admit that I failed, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm very honest about, you know, here's what my weight is, you know, mm -hmm. but the number one was I wanted to get down to a particular weight. And when I hit that weight, I, I decided, you know what, it'd be a real bummer to be just trying to maintain that weight i'll be all panicked if i get like one and a half pounds more yeah. than that yeah. so i i actually decided you know i i looks like i could lose a few more pounds so i actually lost about eight more pounds jeez on top man. of that jeez and the reason i did that is because i know that i have about an eight pound fluctuation mm -hmm. in weight uh no matter what mm -hmm. uh it just goes back and forth like a seesaw mm -hmm. And and this way I could I could uh, peak up to about two sixteen, uh, but then I could fall back and I could just be in that comfort zone right there. And also, it meant that you know I could treat myself uh, on uh, occasionally because mm. what what I was doing long term is not sustainable. I, mm. You know, I'm I'm, mm. I'm cut down to like twelve hundred calories a day. You get that does wow. that's how you lose weight. Yes. But now I'm in this maintain mode and and. And so I worked with my coaches and uh, we came up with a, a meal plan that I'm that I'm that I'm trying to it's it's an adjustment. So I'm still being honest. I'm still trying to work that out and everything. And I'm I'm constantly maintain. I'm constantly watching my weight now is uh, before I would. I would uh, before I got on this program, I I would just not weigh myself because it would be like, oh, my God, what's I don't even want to see what it is I, now. Yeah. I just force myself to do it because now I know that I can control it. Like, for instance, if I go over that weight, I have the tools to come back down. That's uh, huge. Pretty, pretty quickly. Right. That's so huge. as long as I'm just watching it. I can control it. And, mm. uh, and that's pretty cool. And I feel really good about it. But the next thing is like, man, the way my body feels now is 100% different, Barry. I, oh I'm like, God, that's great. I can't even believe it. I'm running. Uh, oh, are I, you? I, yeah. Yeah. I got these, these new shoes. Oh my God. You know, I, dude, I put those uh, on the my right feet. pair of shoes makes all the difference in the Holy world. Cow, it's like being on a cloud. Yeah. And now when I run stuff, doesn't move around, you know, isn't I mean? that the best. Holy yeah. cow. And so I, I like one, uh, I, I, I'm running around the block. Now that was my first goal is can I run around the block without stopping? And, uh, and I can, and, uh, and it felt really good yeah. uh, to be able to do that. I'm doing that. And also, I have, we have these friends, Mike and Amy here. That uh, now they just bought mountain bikes, and Ooh. they they bought some really good mountain bikes. Really, man. like oh my gosh, that's right. exciting to me. It, it is right. Yeah. I love it too. Like just just the smell of a new bike. It's yeah, something about that. <laughs> it's like the know? new car smell, right? Yeah, right. and he and, and he and Amy I love got, my like, bikes. The bike rack and everything, you know. So now uh, we can just meet them at these bicycle trails because I have the bike rack and everything too. Yeah. So. 
couple weekends ago, we met at one of the state parks and they've got these trails, these amazing trails out. I have these, these mountains called the Santan mountains behind mm -hmm. me. And there's like a Valley in these mountains and there's all these single track, uh, uh, mountain bike trails through there. And so the four of us went up there and <clears throat> it was pretty pretty challenging i gotta say the first thing we yep. did was we just went up and up and up and it's like a sandy uh rocky very oh, rocky trail that doesn't sound fun no but it it, it actually it's beautiful that's the thing yeah. and there's these huge uh sonoric cactus all over the place and it's just like you just can't believe this beautiful um uh scenario there and because it you know of the rain that happened here earlier in the year uh there's lots of vegetation out oh, there cool. and everything like you wouldn't wouldn't imagine mm -hmm. so we we get up to the top and um and it was challenging and i i did wreck my bike trying to get up a hill fell really? fell all over onto my side and everything no problem i was oh. fine but it was just like okay i got that out of the way and uh i was the only one of the four that actually wrecked uh. <laughs> that was kind of funny so we're at the top of this beautiful oasis looking out over these mountains and valley and it's just a beautiful wilderness and uh, so uh mike wanted to continue on where the trail gets a lot more technical but it's a lot of downhill and um amy and and and, and Anne marie decided to go back to the uh, to the car the other way because they weren't up for that well we at first going down the hill there was a really tough area i ended up walking well, my bike yeah i was gonna say it sounds really dangerous because you described loose rock and sand yeah yeah but then after that first part barry it was like everything i had learned from the times that i was doing that kind of stuff when i was in college mm -hmm. totally came back to me mm. it was like it was like suddenly i felt just like i was in college again mm -hmm. and i was romping on these hills and trails and curves and yeah. jumps and it was just like Woohoo! So I was. And you amazed. and Lisa had a couple texts about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the other thing too was Mike was right behind me, man. And mm -hmm. uh, and he was a rock star back there. Mm -hmm. Mike is like twenty years older than me. Oh, okay. He's he's maybe he's fifteen years. He's mm -hmm. Mike's in his seventies, mm -hmm. and and he rocked that stuff. Wow. I, I want to be him. I do too. I, I do. I will be. Um, he's he's awesome too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, these things. Now I can do these things, and I mean, after we climbed a huge hill too, it was like, how are we going to do this? And we did it. Yeah. Um, the bottom line. I'm just a new person here. It's a, yeah. I've got a, a a new lease on on life here. I I'm it's miraculous to me, Barry. I, well, I could I could talk about it all day. And I like that. I want to just say the most beautiful thing about this. The takeaway here is between the podcast uh, with Dr. Livingston on binge eating and your ability to overcome the compulsive ups and downs of dieting that everybody gets. Uh, sucked into. And as you said, oh, you get the dopamine hit about going down. Where's the dopamine now? Well, and that speaks to the compulsive addictive behavior that is the up and down of it that you have to overcome. And you're living proof of that. And I want to mention again, the website, if anyone is interested, is optiva.com. Is that correct? Optivia, Optivia. It's opti, like optimum, via, like life. Oh, that's easy. Optivia. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure if you put something even close to that in slash diet or something, you'll find it.
Well, and here's the other thing, too, is that it's really the coach that makes a big difference. We yeah. talked about coach with Tim Winders mm -hmm. and my affinity towards coaches, mm -hmm. really coaches that uh, use the carrot to, to mm -hmm. pull the best out of you. Those are the ones that I'm most attracted to. And I've got two of the best. If you're yeah, looking for awesome. that, uh, just reach out to the show. Really, Barry, you can get sure mention, but reach out to the show. We'll plug you into them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that. And what a lot of fun talking about some of these key podcasts that uh, we did recently. I, oh, I know. Right. So fun. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've had quite an experience over the last uh, couple of years here. Um, haven't we, we really have we really and it, we've it's created a culture around the show yeah absolutely mm -hmm. it's changed many people's lives because we have people that listen regularly and uh they get a lot out of it and we've, we've created a community you know even like my parents they they're here uh they just got here last night and uh you know like oh, cool. they're they they've gotten to know you so much better mm -hmm. and you know they they enjoy the show they talk mm -hmm. about it uh you oh. know it's just a neat thing that that's a part of our lives and a part of a lot of people's lives now. Yeah. Well, I'm just really happy to be able to share this and share it with you. It's been way too long since you and I got together here. I want so to share got a couple other things that are going on here, Barry. Go ahead. I, it's on the, Go. Well, okay. So, so now, um, of course, you know, I'm working for spoke now, uh, started a new job with spoke. It's, it's a new old job. It's kind of fun uh, to be what able to, to do was. this. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, I, this is my third tour <laughs> with this company, the form uh, of I, a company. Yeah. yeah I, it's I changed work, a lot. They've changed names. I worked for Arch Wireless, which became a part of uh, became a part of Spoke and is part of Spoke. That that's their wireless division now that they have, and um, and then I worked for them uh, uh, last. Well, I guess it was 2020 to 2021, and due to some unfortunate circumstances, I ended up having to part. But on good, I, we were friends when we left. And uh, when things changed, uh, it opened up again for me to come. And so I'm doing that now. That's my my full time job. And on the side, you know, nights and weekends, I'm still working Black Ops Partners. And, uh, and that's going well as well. Uh, Black Some Ops important Partners, work there. Go ahead. Very important. So with <laughs> Black Ops, um, we have started a new podcast series called the Black Ops Report. Oh. And uh, we're also doing something. I didn't know this. this. This is all is all brand new. Mm. Uh, and we're also doing something called the CEO Minute. So the this is all centered around Casey Fleming, who is an expert in um, you know, uh corporate counterintelligence and uh in business wargaming. And uh he is plugged in with uh with the intelligence community and really uh understands this. But the the subject of the Black Ops report is this is a series on Cybertalk TV. Uh, the series is on unrestricted hybrid warfare, and mm. uh, we've talked about this mm. a bit on the show a long time but, ago. But uh, unrestricted hybrid warfare is really a form of warfare that uh, goes back centuries and centuries, but it's everything short of conventional war. And we're talking about, you know, espionage. We're talking about psychological warfare, religious warfare, legal warfare. Uh, all these things, uh, they're leveled at all of us here in America right oh, now, yeah. but most of us are very unaware that this yes. is happening. So what the series does is it's an education on, first off, what is 
unrestricted hybrid warfare. Where did it come from? What's the history around that? Then it's why should we care? How does that affect you and how does it affect me? And we go into that. And then um, our goal is to uh, talk about how we can get through this together. So the first well, I'm going to say briefly, I'm sorry, I pick right up there. I'm going to say briefly, how does that affect you personally? Uh, and I want to make this hit home for everybody right now. If you go onto a comment section or a social media channel, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and you're seeing the anonymous person that is trolling you and, and stoking the divide with their politics or their racial BS, you probably have a 60 to 70 percent chance that that anonymous person is a Russian or China troll. That's absolutely the truth. And they are creating the divide and hate in this country. That is a big freaking problem right now. So you're exactly right, Barry. And, um, and, and, you know, they're using that against us. There's so many, yeah. so many different ways uh, that they're, that they're using. Well, this. infiltrating our education system at the youngest of ages is a really bad one that we have caught on to way too late. Because now these people that have been indoctrinated are actually teaching our kids and are on the board of uh, education. It's awful. It, it, it really is. And there's there's so many uh, ways that this is uh, that this is affecting us. And and, you know, it's called it's called um, unrestricted hybrid warfare for a reason. It's actual warfare. Um, yes, it is. you're you're in a war. And the, the, the problem is, is that if you don't know you're in a war and you're just tiptoeing down through, oh, there goes my. I know I wasn't going to say anything this time. I think it's funny <laughs> doing the Max Headroom thing again. Uh, listeners, um, it's it's funny that uh, Merle kind of gets stuck and his head goes back and forth vibrating. It's pretty funny. But if you take a look at this, uh, this screen right here you've, uh, that I'm sharing, these are really a, a lot of the uh, the methods of this thing called unrestricted hybrid warfare. And it's coming at you in all different kinds mm. of of ways non-military and 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 transit uh transitional um but examples include non-military economic warfare financial warfare business warfare trade warfare resource warfare you've got espionage warfare on transitional um intelligence warfare uh big big uh, data quantum ai warfare um, included in this is actually cyber attacks, which is really used as a tip of the tip of the spear type of an attack. Um, this, uh, the, the type of warfare that Barry is talking about that disunites us as not only as a community, but also our families. Uh, the strength of our country is all on our ability to be united as Americans. And this attack is is really tearing at the fabric of our of our society. And um, the biggest part of the attack is against our businesses. Uh, you've noticed when you go into the store. Uh, because supply chains have been interrupted, eggs are at an all-time high. Pretty much everything you buy is exponentially higher than it was before. But this all can be traced back to this unrestricted warfare. And the bulk of it is actually coming from the, the CCP, the, uh, mm -hmm. uh, the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, you can see this in the news pretty much every night. Mm -hmm. There are things that we can do about this. Um, we're talking about this on the Black Ops Report. And um, and we really want our whole goal is to make people aware, because uh, mm -hmm. if you're aware, you can do something about it. If you're not aware, 
then we're 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 doomed to the uh the consequences of what this is this is death by a thousand pinpricks there you go we can see how it's working and and really this is all rooted in sun tzu's art of war Mm -hmm. which uh one of the philosophies is you never wage a conventional war that you haven't already won and so uh it's stupid to come into a war that where you're taking a huge risk in this uh, art of war, you want to walk into a war scenario. If you're going to walk into a war scenario with everything pretty much already buttoned up. It seems like China's doing a very good job of that. They have done a great job of it so far, but the, uh, the key to them uh, not succeeding is to make people aware that this is happening. Because when you try to talk to people about this, Cuban nature, because we want to think that look, this is part of our American culture. We want to think the best of everybody. We, we don't. We and and it's because our culture is really built on this acape love thing we talked mm-hmm. about. the The enemy is using that against us right now, and it's sure. so devilish. Yes. Um, but you know, we, we, we China as a nation, you know, our hearts have gone out to them. Oh, they're poor, they're weak. We want to help mm-hmm. them, and 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 they've played that up, and we've given mm-hmm. them all of these. Um, all of these favored nation treats mm-hmm. that they have used to enrich themselves and become uh, the second most powerful nation in the world. And their goal this entire time, which we never knew until recently, was to destroy America. And that oh, yeah. they've seen yeah. that America is an existential threat to them since the very beginning of the Chinese Communist Party mm-hmm. and their designs to take over America and destroy it because of their so their perceived existential threat is a real thing and it's happening every day and we're seeing it and it can be prevented but we got to get people to understand what's happening I want to encourage people like how do you handle this what do you do how do you recognize it well I go on the comment sections of tons of stuff every day and whether it's a daily mail or uh, I think entertainment today I checked that out something like that um, I think it's entertainment weekly or mostly quora you know that uh, it's like yes, reddit yeah, and yeah. I read things and comment on things there and people have rather anonymous accounts on all of these and when you see somebody fanning the flames of their of politics and uh, calling you, oh, you're a MAGA Trumpster, and ah, um, right, right. or the other way, uh, talking about uh, whether far left thing it is, and when you see that thread expand. I always comment on it. Oh, well, you're obviously a Russian or Chinese China uh, bot because right. <laughs> your comment, your comments are coming straight out of the play, the playbook and and they'll go ahead and comment once again in the same regard. I mean, these are literally right out of a playbook. Notice that you do feel uh, tweaked. They're very good at it. They're, there's, uh, you know. Somebody calling me a mega Trumpster is very insulting to me because I, I'm very cognizant. Because you're not. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not on either side very, yeah. very intentionally. And so I, I acknowledge that in myself and I go, oh, oh, they're very good at this. Those those playbooks are uh, very practiced and, uh, oh, right. and research. So they really are. Point it out comment you know, and say i see that you're playing right i like that you're a russia Barry. or china bot so that you make everybody else aware i mean mm-hmm. this should start to become commonplace and we can put an end to it 
we can make we can make a culture out of that. Yeah, yeah. We gain I, our I, culture is what I should say. I really like what you're saying. You know, the the second show that we did is uh, the CEO minute. So this is actually a very concise uh, one or two minutes, uh, and and it's really I'm I'm hosting it, but it's Casey uh, uh, speaking. And and the one we did this week was on the the China balloon that came over. Oh yeah, and, that uh, I thought was kind of funny. It's like. Why don't you paint that thing blue if it's a spy balloon, for God's sake? <laughs> what? Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, like, that's a great question. Why, yeah. why would you have a big Spotted white balloon by come commercial over? airliner, commercial yeah. airlines, people on the ground? It's like it's it's a gigantic white balloon against the, a deep blue sky. Who's not going to well, see it? You know, and here's the thing is that there's so much uh, about this uh, balloon, but the fact that we let it just go the entire length across our yeah. country and didn't shoot it down <laughs> until i mean you know wh why even shoot it down because uh we something we, fishy it already on. was able to gather all of the information we already know there were antennas on that it was able to communicate uh it it it, it the damage was already done by the time yeah. it got out to the coast and it circled our military sites and we we know all of this, and um, and and this is a big threat that we never would have known about unless people uh, came out and said, "We see this weird thing in the sky." The military, our government, never would have told us about it. Is what I'm gathering right, from right. this whole thing. And then they come out and say, uh, you know, after they're in hot water, that no, this happened three other times in the Trump administration. And it's and like, why, why does everything got to come back to Trump? First off, if it did happen under the Trump administration, what why is that something you're going to tell me right now? Like, does that make it better that yeah. a balloon just went over? That's oh, exactly well, right. It. That's exactly uh, Does it right. make it less dangerous to us? No, it doesn't. It means that you're not taking this seriously right. about our country and right. you want to just play politics with this whole thing. Who cares if, if it happened under Trump? Yeah. Why didn't you tell us until now that it happened right. under Trump? And all of these newscasters that are talking about uh, what is it? Morning Joe and his wife, Mika, they they're so crazy uh, and they're talking about, oh, how sad it is that it went that this happened under Trump and and how ignorant Trump is when he says he didn't know about it. It flew over Florida. He was probably waving at it, you know, and I'm thinking, OK, but doesn't there's a hate. Doesn't this speak to how dumb you guys are because you're supposed to be the eyes and ears for us mm -hmm. uh, are you telling me a giant balloon the size of three school buses flew over our country three other times and you guys didn't notice it yeah. i mean come on they're but, just stoking hate every morning. and this doesn't this is like okay why are we playing games with our national security that to me, why play politics with our national security? That to me is uh, should be off limits. Like Agreed. you can't do that to the American people here. Right. And and you know it's it it it's like look, this shouldn't be about who. Uh, this shouldn't be about you know a campaign strategy. Uh, this should be about protecting the American people. We have a, an enemy that considers us an existential threat. They consider us the enemy. In fact, they consider us enemy number one. And we should be taking it that seriously.
We should be, but I am so dismayed with the military industrial complex. I think they're our number one enemy right now. I really well, do. They're just siphoning not only the money out of the middle class from for today, they're doing it from future generations as well now. They're printing up money by the trillions and giving it to contractors so that they can pay exorbitant amounts for tanks to send them over to Ukraine. And, and I have recently heard on Crystal and Sagar, most of these tanks never show up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree uh, with what I you're saying. I think that's here. like a number one problem that we have in this country. Well, I, I just uh, got done reading this, uh, this imprimus here. It's um, Christopher Caldwell. I guess Christopher Caldwell. He's a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, which is a a, a think tank, and he's a graduate at Harvard Harvard College, and he's a columnist for the Financial Times. But he's talking about this Ukraine war and the complications of the Ukraine war. And he puts everything into pers- into a perspective, Barry, that I never had before. And I feel like, to your point, that we've been dr- dramatically deceived by our own people on what this is all about. I, I just sure. want to give you a couple of points here that, you know, first off, the way that the media and our government is portraying Putin is that he's a mad uh, madman that's bent on murdering Ukrainians. And uh, this actually puts it into a whole different uh, aspect when it talks about, hey, first off, Putin invaded Ukraine after the U.S. rejected his demand for a guarantee that Ukraine not join NATO. Um, and, and now now think about it. And we've talked about this before. But NATO, I mean, Ukraine is part of the border of Russia. And we have this balance of power that's going on. And of course, um, if Ukraine becomes a part of NATO, then missiles will be right on the border of Russia. And that's what and no nation would want a, a potential enemy uh, right on their border. We wouldn't want that here in the United States. But it goes on further to talk about how um, the that when when Ukraine became independent after communism fell, you know, and the wall went down and everything, uh, they became an independent nation. But of all the nations that were a part of the Soviet Union, Ukraine was actually the most Russian. Um, the language they speak is Russian there. They were, they've been a part of Russia for a very long time, but they ended up getting their independence. Although they got their independence, they were still very much Russian oriented. In fact, when you take a look at the geog- the geography, Crimea was strategically very important to the new Russia um, that now isn't the, the USSR. So they were able to make a- arrangements with Ukraine and in particular Crimea uh, to uh, to really have a foothold there. Take a look at Crimea in the Black Sea. It's a big peninsula. And because it's a big peninsula, it is a strategic uh, battlefront. Uh, From Crimea, uh, Russia has been able to uh, maintain its southern border and protect its southern border. It's also an entrance to the Middle East, Turkey, and also to uh, to Eastern Europe. So for the last 150 years, Russia has had the Crimean Peninsula, and they have their southern fleet there. Uh, now, when you take a look at a naval operation, it's 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 tantamount to your your security. You cannot have security and 
uh, when you're on the ocean without having a powerful Navy. That's just like warfare 101. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened in 2000? And well, let me just back up. When the um, independence happened, Ukraine, much like Russia, becomes run with a lot of corruption. The oligarchs are stepping in and they are. So these business tycoons now are pretty much running everything. And um, but but what you had in that situation is about half of the people on the eastern half of the country are more Russian, pro-Russian on the western half, more Western. So the United States under Bush saw an opportunity around 2004 to come in there and influence this and take and really kind of take Ukraine under its own wing. And that's really what happened in 2004 and what's called the Orange Revolution. And the Orange Revolution is where the United States comes in and influences an election with about $5 billion um, to put their man in office. It's called the Orange Revolution. We completely uh, made that happen, and we took the Russian person out, uh, and we put our person in that was pro pro West, and um, and then in the uh, in, in when it came uh, to 2014, we had another incident where um, these things happened with Crimea. We we end up um, trying to take over Crimea so that the russians can't be there anymore that sparked the war to begin with it's an that's an existential threat to to russia right there and uh, we were right in the middle of that totally making that happen and uh so this this whole attack that ends up happening last year was predicated on our our secretary of state uh making an arrangement with ukraine and nato to get to get nato or get Ukraine into NATO. And that was going to be, that was about to happen. And that's what triggered Putin to come in and attack. Their main goal is to keep Crimea. That That's what they're trying to keep. We, we've never been told any of this. We, I didn't know that Crimea was this existential threat for the Russian uh, government. I didn't know that their fleet was in Crimea. When you take a look at that, oh, the Russians are about to attack Donbass. Well, the reason they're going to do that is because they need access to Crimea. Um, this is a desperate situation. And the more we send money and weapons over there, the more we extend this thing out, the more we're actually promoting a forever war that I thought we were trying to get out of. Oh, no, no, we more chances oh, no, that we because it's an existential threat to Russia, the chance of nuclear war is actually a real thing. Like, this is something that it's not just saber rattling or anything like that. We're actually screwing around with the balance of power, which uh, which this country is incented to fight to the death for. Yeah, so, and look at our leadership. I mean, is this uh, Biden Harris office what you want in standing between you and nuclear war? I mean, uh, my God. No. Speaking of that, I got something I want to share with you that you're going to love. And it's a YouTube video and it's a, a Kyle Dunnigan's channel. I want to promote that because it's freaking hysterical. And uh, but I'm going to skip through it because I don't want to get any copyright infringement. But I want to show you a few key, key parts that you're going to find hysterical. You're going to want to subscribe to this. 
And uh, this is called the Fresh Fresh Prez of DC. Enter the woke. And Alexa, pick up. Oh, I've seen this guy. Hello, have Mr. you? President. Yeah. He does <laughs> all the voices. I know, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Look, he's got no shirt on. SPS. It would be a shame to have nuclear exchange. Oh, listen to me. I don't know who you are. Vladimir Putin. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. I think Hunt has my credit card. What I do have is a specific set of skills. Can he not see me? I will find you. <laughs> Some whispers. And what I do. And move to DC. Jirok Jabram gave intro. the job to me. I shuffled around and sucked fingertips. Made a big speech, kissed the boy on the lips. Uh, what are you looking at? Oh my god. I wrote god. the damn bill. <laughs> I hold the lady. Get your face out of your ears. Who's Jameson? Handsomest cool guy around. Pete Davidson. Is that him again? Yes. Um, oh my god. It's crazy. Pete, your country needs you. Okay. It's top secret stuff. First, I gotta know. Can you keep a secret? I guess. <laughs> what? What? You better just do it. There's no getting around it. Trust me. Ben Shapiro's his butler. <laughs> like, watch this. Watch there. this. There you go. Benefer, come on. Get, get, on, get on top of the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Calls him Benefer. I'm sure how I'm supposed to just... Look how little he is. Uh, there, everyone, hang on, hang on tight. I don't understand why we can't he just does. take the stairs. <laughs> Dude, you, you got to see Preach when we America's get to Pelosi. A crisis. The sovereign nation of Ukraine is under attack. Got my boy Hunter, he can't even do his job. All right, let's meet the team. Pelosi. Oh my God, this is terrible. Movie scientist Jeff Goldblum. He's he's a master of knowing when things are about to go wrong and, and knows a science thing to say about it. Uh, God makes man, man makes bunker. Uh, bunker is where we are. <laughs> That's him again. That's dead on. He does every one of these voices. He created a whole other universe. He'll also be our friendly alien robot for comic relief like CPP throw from Star Wars. <laughs> I'm not a robot. I'm a human man. Alex Baldwin, a, a marksman. He has a power of firing a gun without, without even pulling the trigger, man. Alright, I, I, I gotta get to this. You gotta get to this. Watch this. Without even pulling the trigger, man. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I gotta back up. Is that? that oh, my God. Bionic wait. vagina, baby. Oh, I wanted to miss oh, that part. Panchi Filoni, our clairvoyant. She could predict what stocks will do before the common man. I just get a feeling, then I pass a lure. She also has the power to start fire with her skeleton hands. Give me a taste. Flame on. And finally, your team leader, the finest guy I know, my boy Hunty. <laughs> my boy Hunty. He's got the inside track. He's been working for a Ukrainian petroleum company for $80,000 a week for the past five years. Thanks, Dad. I'm pulling you down. I'm proud of you. Look at me. Look him in the eye. And you can love to hear me say this. I'm proud of you, son. Right. Fix it. I got to get, get it to done. The woke so the plan part. is there's no plan. Sir, you built a secret bunker, gathered people with very limited skills, and now expect them to fix the Russian invasion of Ukraine by the end of the weekend. Th th that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> oh, shut up, Ben. Limited skills. I've got a goal. I don't to tr turn on each other. Well, so far, this Watch has been this. a complete embarrassment for everyone involved. I hope they made you sign an NDA from our friends at eForms.com.
eForms.com makes the idea of Wait, paying that's a lawyer to draft part. your legal documents absolutely absurd. But aren't draft Block Benefer. All right, everyone gather around and rub Benefer's frisbee hat. Absolutely not. <laughs> I am leaving. This whole thing is 100% bonkers. None of you are qualified to work at a Burger King, let alone save the world. Sweetheart, look out for the banana. Barefoot, look out. Your engagement with the banana is imminent. So if you'll excuse me, I have to go back to God. Jesus, holy Mary, the mother of God. Oh my God, my eye. Ow, my other eye. Did we I'm fine, I feel fine. Are you okay, dude? Stop assuming my gender. Oh dear. <laughs> Why is whole team white? Make woke angry. That's all I'm going to show. Oh I thought that God. was hysterical, especially that screaming. He's the woke blue hair. Uh, that high-pitched scream. I love that. I, I watched a ton of his channel. He is hilarious. It's addictive, the, actually, the uh, watching this. Terrific. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's way more exciting than the act, the real thing. Yeah, uh, but I imagine that that must be what it's like in the Oval Office these days. Right. Oh God, I I would imagine. Now let's talk about because we haven't we haven't been together in a long time. How about Joe Biden all of a sudden coming up with all those uh, classified documents? And it's very residence. interesting. It's, it's very 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 interesting. very interesting. I'm telling you. I am sure that they are just trying to eliminate him from running for president. Yeah, in that's what it seems like to me too. Mm, yeah. There's he doesn't stand a chance. I mean, the laugh, the gag reels that we have on him from only the past two years, and the, we've got two years oh, to go. Just from the State of the Union the other day. My yeah, gosh, I didn't watch it. Tell me about it. Crazy. Uh, well, first off, it's uh, <clears throat> the the thing that really struck me right away was his speaking and his cadence, and uh, mm. I mean he uh, the much of it I couldn't understand mm -hmm. because he's he's slurring his words. I mean, it just happened about it. Deficit. Uh, you know, that's all I got that a lot. And it's like mm -hmm. this guy's in, in a lot of trouble. And and it yeah, seemed sure. like um uh it seemed he was very hyped up. Um he was speaking very quickly. I haven't heard him speak that quickly before. And usually, you know, you know how you watch the State of the Union and there's always every couple minutes, not even a couple minutes, every 30 seconds. Standing on stand up. And oh, like, God. But, but he would talk through the clapping. Like usually they pause and they mm. wait until they sit. But he would just keep on talking, talk really fast. And I thought that was odd. Yeah. But then um, he challenged the Republicans several times. Uh, one I was, saw that. I saw highlights. You yeah. probably saw that. That's probably the thing that comes out of that whole thing that's going to be the most popular thing. And the only thing you're going to know about what he said uh, is these things that cause divisive actions. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was ugly. I have not seen. Really, I, I remember somebody yelled liar uh, to uh, Obama one time. Margaret, uh, oh, oh, you're talking back. This was yes. a, back a few years ago, yeah. and it was like, oh, scandalous, you know. But this mm. was more like this back and forth that was happening between Biden and the Republicans, and Biden was goading them with 
uh, with really untrue statements and trying yeah. to get them get a response and, yeah. and then get them oh, it's to, so divisive. I saw those parts, get them to uh, stand up and say they're not going to get rid of Medicare and, and, and Social Security, which that wasn't on the table anyhow. But he treated it like yeah. that was a win for Biden right there. And it was just the whole thing felt disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it, it felt like a trick. Um, oh yeah oh yeah it's like everything that he taught with with all of these terrible things that are going on right now um he made it seem like well america is so much better than it was two years ago and it's like man i know we're on the brink of nuclear war dude uh do you see that continuously society is falling apart all around us and have you seen the twitter files because if you take a look at that and i don't know if you've been looking at that Mm -mm. it's showing that the federal government i was thinking man those twitter guys they're really bad the way that they censored everybody and the Mm way how arrogant but then when you eat now elon musk is there and he's putting all this information from the files that they kept on their on their network Mm -hmm. what you're seeing now is that the federal government was the one that was making all of this happen and that they were bullying the people at twitter uh and saying things like if you don't if you don't take all of these people offline right now we're going to go ahead to our our media and we're going to tell them to say that you are russian co-conspirators and we're going to ruin you and yep. they had the power to do that so it was the, the fbi the doj and congress people were consistently all up in there pressuring them to do all of these things namely the hunter biden thing that came out in the oh, yeah. new york post that was a big deal here's a huge thing that came out of that out of the twitter files was that for months first off the fbi knew when Hunter Biden took that laptop to the to mm-hmm. the repair shop, they knew it was there. And when Giuliani got the laptop, the files for the laptop several months later, they knew that, too. So what they did was they were already meeting with Twitter uh, higher ups on a regular basis. They started warning the higher ups at Twitter as the election started to come near that there would be this big Russian disinformation campaign against Joe Biden and to be prepared for it. And so when this whole story broke with the New York Post, the people at Twitter actually believed that this is what the FBI had been warning us about all along. This is Russian disinformation. So they actually believed that. Mm. Uh, But it was because the FBI had fooled them into believing that for months ahead of that. That's dastardly right there. And when you think about what I was talking about earlier about Ukraine and the Orange Revolution and how they changed the election there, it's the same tactic that they used here. So the tactic that they've used on our enemies through the CIA, they're now using on our people, which is a pretty scary thought to me. Yeah, it is. Um, the, The FBI, the IRS, we've talked about the military industrial complex. Like I said, I think we're our own worst enemies. I think you're right. Whatever is going on with Biden's office and whoever's scripting his stuff, because, you know, he doesn't even he doesn't even know what he's saying. Right. But what he, kills he, he's me, not even saying it well. What he's and, no, down. he's not. But I swear to God, it seems like China's running that office. Doesn't uh, it? It, it? It seems like them and the WEF, the World Economic. Oh, Economy. you're right about that. You're right about that. But they have this immature tactic of if we say it five times, it becomes true. 
They'll tell you yeah. absolutely blatant lies over and over again. And then he likes to call himself the unit, you know, unifier uh, uh, adults. And, and then just to say a bunch of divisive stuff, like right. Well, in that's what he did during the state of the union. I point. mean, he comes in and he's the unifier, yeah. but he actually divides everybody right, right there on purpose. And then once it, it starts to divide, he throws gasoline on it. Yeah. And then calls himself the unifier. Yeah, no. And it's, it's kind of blatant, but we have a pretty, uninformed and dumb uh, majority of this country and one they fall the, they fall for it one of the things that i thought was absolutely over the top was that he started talking about the border and as you know we've had about five million people come mm -hmm. across the border since he's mm -hmm. been the president it's which is awful which is bigger than uh most of the states that we have here i know in this union. it's alarming um, it really is. But what he said was he talked about the problem and said that congress had done a that Congress was to blame because they hadn't uh, given uh, the administration the tools to be able to control. So pass some laws over here. And it's like, are, so really, this is Congress's fault because we didn't really have a problem until you became the president and you're making it seem like Congress has done this terrible job and they. Ah, oh, man, can't get it. We can't get stuff passed. I agree. Congress has done a terrible job, but. Mm to put all of that blame on Congress when he's purposely pulled levers to make sure these people come across and incenting them is such a deception. And yeah. I, I mean, it was hard, like to your point, it was hard to watch that whole thing. Yeah, I didn't, but you know what I did watch? Uh, Sarah, is it Sarah Sanders or Saunders? Sarah, Huck, is it Sarah Sanders Huckabee, is that it? That's it, yeah. It used to be his press secretary, uh, used to be Trump's press secretary. Right. And um, boy, she's uh, smart as a whip. 40 she years really old, is. Now governor of, is it Alabama? Arkansas. Arkansas. That's where her dad was the, uh, was previously the governor. I didn't know that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But she talked about the, the age factor of, uh, you know, what we've been dealing with, with here for the past eight years or whatever it's been with Trump and him and, and he's out of his damn mind. Uh, and I think she was and and she didn't say anything opposing Trump, but it looks like she might be positioning herself for a run. Maybe. It, it, I could see her. And I run could see for her. president. I, yeah. I, she's definitely somebody I would consider voting. For. I would too. I would um, too. And I liked what what she was saying was that there was a need for these new uh, conservative leaders, mm -hmm. uh, and yes, she talked about being is. the youngest governor in the country, mm -hmm. and said she talked about how uh, the president is the oldest president ever to be in that in, yeah. in that office, and, and it's boy, time was for it young blood. A parent. Oh, Let me ask yeah. you something. I mean, just that last thing you you showed the parody where you yeah. know she has the ability to make fire with. <laughs> Their bony fingers, you know, like <laughs> they're so old. I mean, yes, like yes. it's it's amazing as I was watching the State of the Union, how I as they were panning around, how old these people and they're are. all bought off. They're and so bought off. So many of them are in terrible physical shape, too. I mean, they look they look like they're beat up to me. And you know, I mean, they got millions of dollars from un unethical means. Why not retire? They're so addicted to the power. Yeah. You're yeah, just addicted yeah. to the power. Let me ask you this. It's quite clear to me that Democrats are, are parting ways with Biden and Harris and certainly Harris. Nobody likes her. Who do you think is going to be this? we got two years yet, but uh, who, but it'll be about a year before we start seeing who do you think they're going to prop up to well, be the next Manchurian candidate? I think it's Newsom and I, I, I can see a Newsom Whitmer ticket. 
uh, in our future. Uh, I, I think my she's bet, definitely get a run. My bet is Elizabeth Warren. Uh, yeah, betcha, betcha. Because I, I think oh, she'll, she'll do everything that she's told. Yep, and and she'll definitely be in the running. I mean, we know mm. that. Uh, mm. gosh, Let me just have this beer with you. Yeah, just Remember? beer. <laughs> and it's like you've never even said beer before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So I, I I see that, and I just wanted to also say. You know, you, I read an article this uh, this week. Actually, I'm going to pull this up uh, so I can I can read this because this um, this actually was very concerning to me hmm. uh, as I as I look at it. Let me see if I could find it now. Yeah. So um, Trump attacks on DeSantis get progressively larger. DeSantis continues to ignore them. Uh, Ron DeSantis continues to take a high high road by refusing to give into the media, pressing him to respond to Donald Trump's criticism, including the latest posts repeating claims that the Florida governor groomed teenage girls when he was a high school That's teacher. Disgusting. It comes as Trump continues to launch attack lines against DeSantis after opening the floodgates earlier this month when the Florida leader emerged as a highly popular 2024 primary opponent. Now, I like this part. Um, DeSantis responds to Trump uh, accusing him of being a groomer. He says, I'd just say this. I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans. Wow. And I really like this guy. I do too, man. They love him in Florida. Uh, I think he is the answer for the I Republicans. And, Dude, I'm uh, glad to hear you say classy that. Classy guy. I hope that more and more people on the farther end of the right spectrum start to catch on to that because I think I have felt to this point because I want to get as far away from a Biden kind of thing again as possible and this whole swamp thing i i love the idea of draining the swamp but that the swamp's too deep there's too many monsters in there man there you go there, there are and so we really need younger fresher yes. uh better blood in there and i hope that more and more people on the right part ways with trump and all of that agenda because it's so divisive it's divisive amongst the party itself and that's what would ensure another victory on the left and i don't mean to get partisan on this if if if, if somebody uh really um credible on the left uh rose to to power like i i always talk about how um what's her name couldn't get any backing because she's uncorruptible uh, yeah what's her name gabby no, yeah, no. <laughs> close. Okay. So anyways, if somebody reputable on From the Hawaii. left emerged, I would be all in. Okay. Yeah. And, so, and the person you're talking about isn't a Democrat anymore. No, right. She left the party because it's too corrupt. And yeah. that's my point. I don't, you know, I think there's plenty of corruption on the right too. And so I'd like to see someone in the caliber of DeSantis I agree. get in there. We, we agree on this one, man. Yeah, it's a, DeSantis sure. seems to be the real deal. And yeah. uh, he's, he, he gets results and he's, uh, he's even keel and he's, he's, uh, he's, he's diplomatic. Yeah. Uh, and can be tough when he needs to be. Yeah. He's a smart, smart guy. He's got a yeah. military background. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL, actually. Um, so, I mean, the, 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 he's, he seems to be the best of the best. You know, the only thing that kind of makes me sad about even as you're saying all that is what the what the other side will do to his character. And, and just yeah. they will fabricate lies and uh, magnify things that into 
into uh, something very ugly and you know, it's coming. And I hope wow. that he has, and his family has the wherewithal. He spoke about this in his uh, in in his response to Trump is that, you know, being in the because he is already he's been taking a lot of arrows uh, for the whole time he's been governor. And uh, especially uh, during the, the, the covid crisis, because it was so um, divisive. The, yeah, the and, subject matter itself was. And, just you know, the whole thing with Disney and everything, by the way, Disney is now uh, doing a restructuring. Uh, I bet they I are. I think they have some. They They're going to have to actually pay taxes. Though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then. Um, you know, but uh, but the fact is, is that this is a person that is used to being attacked in the media uh, and and he's very good at being able to respond to these kinds of things and weather. Could those you storms. imagine, though, putting yourself in that situation and wear on you, man? Jesus. It would be it, it takes it takes a person like DeSantis, who is a Navy SEAL and has that yeah. kind of discipline and intelligence yeah. to be able to to navigate through those waters, I think. And so media is um, so vicious, though. Hey, one last one last article I read, and this is something that you and I talked about before, is uh, Biden authorized, authorized destruction of Nord Stream pipeline. Oh, yeah. Uh, specialized yeah. U.S. Navy that. diving teams carried out the bombing attack against the underwater Nord Stream. It's it funny. An- Act of war happened. right there. It really was an act of war. It's 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 um it's provoking and uh, say the we, least. we try to act like this had everything to do with that whole Ukrainian thing we talked about. Um we in our press, in our in our in our government, try to act like Russia has been the aggressor, but everything that I've talked about today regarding this, and you've agreed, we're the aggressor. The yeah, West has yeah. been the aggressor on this. And it's and, more uh, of a European problem than it is a uh, a Western problem. Well, we are messing with the balance of power, and it's not a Republican or a Democrat thing. As I said, this all started happening they're under just, the Bush administration. They're so just fleecing Bush, us. Uh, Obama, Trump, and Biden have all been a part of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, um, you know, again, not a partisan thing. We, we as America, though, are screwing this up. And, and the people have been unaware. They have not been provided the information as no. far as what is actually going there. All we know is that there's a crazy madman named Putin that's trying to kill a bunch of Ukrainians. But really, putting into into perspective, it seems like our uh, our government is trying to kill and take out Putin, no matter how many Ukrainians get killed, and no right. matter how much money it takes the American taxpayer. Right. Uh, and and when I I heard on the State of the Union, Biden promising to the ambassador from Ukraine that we'll fight this war as long as it takes. It's so funny. God, I thought we were done with forever wars. I guess right. not. No, anyway, for sure. All right. Uh, I want to lighten, lighten this up because we're going to have to get going. And uh, I wanted to share something. And I wanted to, uh, for the last couple of months, I've kind of discovered a, a dog meeting, meet and greet that we do in the morning about 745 to 830 in the morning at the lake across the street. And there's usually between three to seven dogs there, Charlie, and they all get to play and run around off off leash and play. It is tremendous. And most of us don't know each other's names, we, but we all all the dogs are like best friends. This is two months every day, you know. And I met uh, I met a guy this morning. Well, I didn't meet him this morning. I've seen him as part of the crowd for quite some time. But we left together and we walked uh, walked almost all the way home together. He's a genetic genetic uh, 
doctor, a doctor of genetics at Case, fascinating guy, older guy. And we just, you know, I asked him about CRISPR, which is genetic engineering and stuff like that. And, and teaching in general, got into AI and chat GBT. Uh, and uh, it was fascinating. And, you know, other members of our group are from the Cleveland Orchestra. One's just retired from the Canadian Orchestra. It's like, I am rubbing shoulders with these fascinating people. And all we care about is our dogs. And I just wanted to show you like, <laughs> a couple quick things. Uh, That's Charlie in the orange vest. Yep, yep. Oh I see two golden doodles there. Yes, oh, yes. And, oh, I love that. Uh, those are some great looking dogs there. That's uh, Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, they I are awesome. Voice. Look how good they are. Uh, Charlie's hungry. <laughs> they're they're all just absolute. There's one more. Did this switch over? Do you see the other no, one? I'm oh, at the last one. Okay, all right. Let me uh, let me try again. And it's these just really quick little things, but it's just about the quality of people and the quality. Look at these doggies. That's Murphy, and um, what's his name there? I think they say it in this. Yeah, Archie. Right. Archie. They just have so much. Fun. <laughs> Look at that. Uh -huh. They play so well together. <laughs> I could watch them do that all day. It's That's just pretty awesome. awesome, actually. It is. Isn't it? it's, it's so cool how dogs just get into their pack mentality. Yeah. It takes the right dogs. One one bad my, dog. My Stella ruin. didn't really want to be in the pack at all. Mm, yeah, some don't. So yeah. it's just really nice that we have that. And I hope nothing ruins it, such as a dog running off into the street like Charlie. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Let's just say that. Let's, yeah, let's certainly hope. Most of the dogs are really good. Charlie's really good as long as he's around good dogs because they'll listen right. and he'll follow right on so yeah there's that so with that buddy i guess we better get back to it huh yeah right on hey this has been fantastic fun. i really so enjoyed fun. this very yeah, it's been too long hopefully we can do it again really soon i think that i have uh i have somebody that reached out to me via email i wanted to just uh plug it she doesn't know that she's going to be on the podcast next week and oh i lost i'll find it at some point but I forget what the subject matter was, something very interesting and on point. Oh, I know what it was. She lost her husband, the, the person of her dreams. I, I think it was high school sweetheart. And he died, I think, of cancer at uh, like the age of her age of 50. And the she says she just has endless horror stories about dating after 50. And oh, I've been it's got to be horrible. I, I've been wanting to get somebody on there in that regard for a long time. So I think next week, that's what it's going to be. Okay. That sounds like fun, man. It does. Man. It does. All right, <laughs> dude. Hopefully that. we could do this again a little bit sooner yeah. than last time. Okay. How that went. That's I want you to have a great weekend, buddy. I'm you making, too, man. making my annual roast tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be great. It's for, it's our, 14th anniversary of this like how, uh, Valentine's Day. So. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations yeah. Thank you. Uh, to you and Lisa. God bless you. Thank you so much, brother. I love you. Hey, go to over50startedover.com. Sign up. Get all this to your email box as it happens. Hey, if you check us out on YouTube, please uh, give us a like and, and uh, subscribe. If you go to Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating. And that's how you should listen to it on your earbuds uh, while you're shopping or whatever, or working out. All right, guys. Right on. Love you. Take Have care. a good weekend. Right, you bye. too.